You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Welcome back to Sprott Money News at SprottMoney.com. It's Friday, May the 29th, 2020, and it's time for your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hempke, and joining us on this interesting Friday morning is Eric Sprott himself. Eric, good morning. Good morning, Craig. It feels like uh, the clockwork's starting to work here, and uh, I just hope we can hold it together because there's a lot of interesting things to talk about. You got that right, my friend. Uh, And we're going to talk a lot about the physical metal situation, the COMEX, other things on our plate this morning. But before we get there, a lot of this gets tied back to some of the physical shortages that we saw back in March and April. As you know, Sprott Money was even offline for a couple of weeks, but we are now back in business and open. So if you're in the market for precious metals and still having a hard time finding them, please be sure to check out SprottMoney.com. You can find gold and silver, Royal Canadian Maple Leafs, 100-ounce bars, 10-ounce bars, uh, and other options from other mints as well. So please stop by SprottMoney.com or just simply call us at 888-861-0775 and get yourself some physical precious metal. Eric, it appears that uh, you and I and, and everybody else listening to us aren't the only ones in search of physical precious metal. Let's start today with the news from yesterday about the really what is an extreme historic amount of contracts standing for delivery on the COMEX for the delivery month of June. We had a huge, outrageous number in the last delivery month of April, a record-setting number, a record-setting number for the non-delivery month of May, more than 10,000 contracts, and now it appears we have more than 47,000 contracts standing for delivery in the month of June. What do you make of all this? Yeah, I know it's a shocking, shocking number. And believe me, I've been uh, staking this out every day. Uh, I would always look at the open interest. I'd look at the the uh, the actual deliveries, the exchange for physicals. Both of those two numbers should re- reduce the open interest. The open interest hardly ever goes down, notwithstanding huge amounts of physical deliveries, which really means everyone who's short is hung because they can't get the open interest down. So, as you know, there's long, you know, either long or short. And we have the, in um, silver, for example, um, we have shorts that are equivalent to something like 650 million annual ounces of silver production. I don't even think we produce that now with all these mines out on strike. Uh, we have ETF deliveries that uh, in the month were something like 27 million, or was it even 50 million? Uh we have big COMEX deliveries. And then, of course, we hear all those poor banks. We keep hearing about the poor banks losing all this money mm-hmm. in gold. And uh, HSBC lost $200 million one day. And uh, today we hear that uh, the Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce lost $64 million in one day. Uh, we had Bank of Nova Scotia close their metals trading operation and announced they're going to take a write-off of $168 million. Who knows whether that's over. Oh, were you guys all short the metals here? Oh, isn't that horrible? And, of course, let's think about the guys who are still short the metals, who haven't fessed up yet. And everything that we see, and when I meant clockwork, okay, we had the uh, options expiry uh, yesterday. We have LBMA options expiry today. We have the rollover. Oh, and the rollover was interesting, the fact that, as you pointed out, so many people stayed in. 
the June contract and are going to ask for delivery. And the, the, the dealers, the banks, who of course are short, had this $20 spread between them. Well, if you want to get rid of June and you want to buy August, you've got to pay $20 more. And it should only be the cost of money. Well, the cost of money is like 1% a year, okay? It shouldn't be $20 in a two-month period. But they were just, you know, pulling their chain is what they were doing because they, they got, they're trying to get off of this short position. We're sitting here today. I see uh, silver's up 40 cents today. Silver's well below 100 to 1 of the gold-silver ratio now. Uh, you see it's it's uh, broken out of its 30-day uh, downtrend here. Pretty soon it'll be breaking out of its one-year downtrend. We're probably within... 20 cents of that uh gold's reasserting itself here so there's hardly anything that's not suggesting that big big things are going to happen and as you properly pointed out keep your eyes peeled on those delivery notices we will get those delivery notices tonight uh and i think they're going to be massive and i think all the banks are hooped here and it's going to be very difficult for them to buy these metals back without the metal prices going substantially higher. Yeah. You know, and, and again, this, we were told uh, the, the, the normal, you know, the, the people that seem like they're just paid shills for the industry came out in April and said, oh, this is just a one-off, you know, the gold's all there, it's in the wrong place, and the airplanes aren't flying and all this kind of jazz. Um, yeah, when there were 31,000 deliveries in April, that's about three times the normal amount. Now we're on peg to do five times the normal amount in June. Sounds like it's not necessarily just a logistics problem, Eric. And I, and as you mentioned, these banks taking massive losses. There was an article yesterday from Reuters, which is kind of the mouthpiece of the banks, uh, talking about uh, bullion banks no longer willing to hold large positions on COMEX and wanting to reduce their trading there. That could rather have a significant impact as well. Yeah. And nothing could be more pleasant to us, right? Right. We know that COMEX is a fraud, that it's all paper contracts, has nothing to do with the real. And then all of a sudden the real thing comes along, and oh, gee, we lost a lot of money because somebody actually wanted this gold or needs the gold. Or think of the guy standing in there. Who's got these 47,000 uh, contracts? Mm -hmm. We're talking a lot of money here. We're talking almost $100 billion standing. Well, who is this? Is somebody taking them on here? It would look that way. That's a lot of, that's a lot of bucks standing. And I think anybody who's kind of uh, followed things would realize, hey, someday these guys are going to pay the piper here yeah. for the, the uh, wash, rinse, and repeat of uh, messing up with the, the gold stocks, the gold options, the gold futures. Every three months, we just knock them down. We make the money. We laugh. We party with all our fellow bankers. And you know what? It looks like that's going to come to an end right now. Yeah. yeah it is really, uh, you know, we've been watching this stuff. You've been watching it for decades. I've been watching it for more than a decade. You know, and it's, it's, there's always the alarm bells about, oh, the COMEX is going to, this is going to be. The, this is the first time that I think, I personally can say this is really interesting. Um, Eric, let's move on. We've got some real-world stuff to talk about. Uh, there are going to be some big news today regarding U.S.-China relations. Are you watching that situation? Well, for sure. And uh, God forbid that we start a serious trade war now. <laughs> like, well, like where you might have two worlds. You have the Chinese-centric world and the, the Western-centric world, and we're not going to deal with each other. 
like on top of COVID-19 and the, you know, disastrous economic results we already have and the disastrous, disastrous uh, effect on people's ability to pay, you know, where companies have to file bankruptcy or get bailed out by somebody. And, and the, the countries thinking they have the wherewithal to bail everybody out. I mean, Japan just announced another trillion dollars yesterday uh, on top of a former trillion dollars. And I, you know, to think that you can bail out all your corporations and all your people, I don't think that's possible. We're talking too much money here. And that, again, leads people to gold and silver. And, and the fact that the stock market is, is uh, wavering a little here is very important as well. And, you know, yeah, they had a nice rally going, and it faded today where it looked like it would be down again. Uh, things are not good. We're not going back to normal. We are not going to go back to normal. So when you figure out where we're going to be, then you'll know whether you should like certain things in the stock market. But I don't think I'd want to be taking that risk other than gold and, and precious metal stocks. We, we have a lot that says it's our time. Certainly looks that way. Uh, are you following uh, still COVID developments? Anything that uh, makes you optimistic yeah. for a rebound? Well, if, well, there's one thing that came out this last week, and that's the, apparently the CDC said that the, you know, the morbidity was not that significant, which seems to be proving up. Like it, I think they even had it down to point one or point two, and uh, as we know, a lot of the uh, early deaths were from these home care facilities, uh, and of course, that was for the virus was probably easy picking, not so not so easy with people under sixty years old. So I think that the likelihood of us trying to work through it here and partially open up and move forward is is where we should be. Uh, the one thing you have to be concerned about is if you get a second wave, you just can't stress the healthcare system. It, that was what the real issue was. It just the, the hospitals were getting overclogged. But we've seen now that the hospitalizations have gone way down. The ICU unit uh, has gone way down. So I, I think we can see our way through it. Where we're all going to end up, who knows? I mean, you can't. Who wants to run a, a restaurant with 25% capacity? Or mm-hmm. do we really want to wear a mask for the rest of our lives? I mean, it's sort of depressing to. I, I wouldn't want to be in the jewelry business when everyone has to wear a mask, if you follow me. <laughs> Unless they're going to put the jewelry on the mask, which I suppose they might figure out. But it kind of takes away the, the pleasure of meeting people face to face if everyone were wearing a mask. So, uh, and, and the other thing about COVID-19, we don't know what the long lasting impacts are. And far be it from me to opine on it because it's, we just don't have enough information. But I mean, there are signs that, it repeating, there are signs that affects other organs, so it's very uncertain. Turning back to the general stock market, you mentioned that it has been quite a rally since QE to infinity began. I think the S&P is up something like 30% in the last 10 weeks, all on this easy money, this free money that yeah. trickles into the stock market. There's still a lot of concern, though, about the actual fundamentals and whether that'll eventually drag the stock market back down. We had several questions this week, people wanting to know. Uh, in general, as you kind of game this out in your mind, is what do you expect out of the precious metal equity? I mean, there are there are stocks after all. Uh, if yeah. the stock market rolls over, 
you know, I think we've been through the first test on precious metal stock. They got bombed uh, in March. And I'm, I'm trying to do an analogy with the uh, 07, 08 experience. And again, the stock got bombed, but they got bombed over a longer period of time. Like it's about three or four months, and then they rallied while we're in the midst of it. This one, they got bombed for about a month, and we rallied. And back in the 07, 08, they just kept rallying right up to 2011. And I suspect that we'll have the same thing, that we've seen our crunch here. The fundamentals for the companies could not be better at the prices we have. Not so much for the silver guys, but for sure for the gold guys. You know, with a price pushing uh, $1,800 here, these guys are making a lot of money. They're going to have good dividends. They'll probably have buybacks. I mean, it's, it's one of very few areas in the market that you can actually look at the fundamentals and, and think you're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. I notice I look at the uh, something called the Investors Business Daily top 50 stocks in the United States, and at least two of them are gold stocks. Well, there's Franco, Nevada, Kirkland. There might be another one in there. And that's just something picked up on the computer. The computer says, oh, my God, look how, look at the fundamentals of these things. Their earnings are growing. Their revenues are growing. And uh, I think we're probably okay with the gold stocks here getting through what we're going into if the stock market has a big decline. Seems like every time gold goes up and really gets rolling, uh, again, some of these folks, you question their motives, where they're coming from, but they'll come out and they'll say, oh, I don't own any gold because the last time we went through something like this, there was a gold confiscation program, uh, not only in the U.S., but in other countries. Uh, you had a number of Canadian citizens writing this week concerned yeah. about just that because, well, Eric, your country doesn't own any gold. Yeah. You own more gold yeah. than Canada does. <laughs> I'm lucky that way. Funny how life life moves in those strange circles. Uh, I think it's less likely that Canada uh, would confiscate gold because we have a, a very thriving uh, gold mining industry and a mining industry generally. And I think we want to protect natural resources because it's a bigger part of our GDP. Whether or not the U.S. Uh, will confiscate gold, I mean, I just read an article recently sort of explaining that it's so international that it's not likely to happen. Uh, and perhaps uh, somebody might demand an audit of the U.S. gold reserves, which I suspect aren't there anyway, mm-hmm. um, if that was to happen. So I, I'm a little ambivalent on it. I mean, we all know that we all have to try to take some measures that we have to have our gold out of the, out of the system, some of the gold out of the system. That's the best advice I can give, and then, you know, we're all on our own when the government comes calling, so... Let's leave it at that. Alrighty, I know you keep your fingers on the pulse of the market every single day, watching uh, your the positions you own and considering other companies. Which uh, which stocks caught your eye this week? Well, I had an update uh, with a, a gentleman named Ken Conklin, who's with Tudor Gold, and uh, he, they're drilling as we speak. They've had uh, some core that they've delivered off to the assay. Uh, we don't know the results of that. Uh, this is uh, up in the Golden Triangle. This is a place where we hope we'll find, you know, tens of millions of ounces. Uh, we already have uh, Seabridge. It says they have, I think, it's something like 40 million ounces there. You have Valley of the Kings, Supetium, that has uh, 10 or 15. They have something called Snowfield that I think has 20 million. These are all very close to each other, by the way. They're probably not uh, 15 miles away from each other. 
and uh, Tudor has the Treaty Creek property that they're drilling, and it's it's starting to smell like they're going to come up with something big, uh, which would help them and the other two participants in the uh, in the area, which are Teton Resources and American Creek. Uh, so that that was interesting, and I believe the the fact that you know when people keep finding a string of these, and you're the next guy on the string, you're likely to find it too. So fingers crossed on that one. Uh, I also wanted to comment on uh, really royalties generally, and probably more specifically Eli royalties. As most people know, I'm a very large owner of Eli. Uh, and I bought a lot of it because they have the, the Fenelon royalty. They have 2% royalty on Fenelon. They also have a royalty on a company, uh, or body called Ren, which is in Nevada. And, and speaking of, you know, right along, it, it goes right along the trend that, that Barrick is mining right down there right now. And they probably come up right to their border and, and we'll be on that property pretty soon. Uh, Barrick owns the property, but, um, Ely has a one and a half percent royalty on the property. Uh, it's a deep underground deposit. Uh, the only hole that I know, have any data on was 42 meters of 30 gram, 34 grams of gold. Now that's one ounce gold. Okay. 42 meters. I mean, that is like an astoundingly large intersection of high grade gold. Uh, so these, they have royalties on these things. One of the things that I've come to conclude you know, people when they when they calculate what a royalty is worth, they they do the gross value of the stream over whatever number of years, and then discount it to the present value. And I personally believe it should not be discounted. Mm. In fact, it's probably going to be higher than the gross value that we recognize today for two reasons: one, the price of gold will be higher; two, the ore body will get bigger. Most ore bodies get bigger. Uh, so those things make the future value even greater than what we think the present value is. And, and when you discount, as an example, a 15-year ore body at 5% a year, the gross value of X becomes le- just a little less than one-half of X because of the discounting. And my belief is it's worth X plus 50% due to these other outside influences where – you know, it gets bigger, price of gold goes higher. Uh, so I think, uh, and I know in the case of, at least in the case of uh, Ely, I can look at the uh, Fenlon royalty, I can look at the Rand royalty, and I probably got another uh, 20 royalties there that I can't, haven't even spent any time on. But I think those two tell me that even today, after the stock's gone up a lot, after they did the issue about two weeks ago, that it's still a buy. And and I I hope, hope, to buy more. It's hard when I own the percent I own because it's very difficult to uh, keep within the rules of buying. But uh, I, I think it's uh, pretty impressive what the prospects are. That is exciting. And uh, there are a lot of exciting opportunities out there. I think I'd just jump in for a second and uh, go back a week and plug something, a regular feature that we have here at Sprott Money is called Ask the Expert. It's a monthly interview on the SprottMoney.com website. If you click the Insights tab, you'll find a tab specifically for all of our past Ask the Expert interviews. This month, recorded just last week, was a podcast with Mickey Fulp. Many will know Mickey, independent geologist and mining analyst. 
And his newsletter, completely free, you just sign up. It's an email newsletter. It doesn't cost you anything. Uh, so for everyone interested in equities and the names we get every week, I encourage you to check out that podcast with Mickey Fulp. Uh, again, right there on the Insights page, Ask the Expert for May. Uh, Eric, anything else on your mind as we go to wrap up? Yeah, you know, I should say one other thing just to seal the royalty case, okay? Uh, Franco Nevada trades at three times net asset value. Three. That tells you that discounting the net asset value is inappropriate. It, it just, you know, oh, our net asset value is X, and we're worth three times X. Well, how do you get to be worth three times X? Because you know what? Because the net asset value was improperly calculated. Enough said. Anyway, yeah. it looks uh, we've had a great day here so far this morning. Uh, we got the stocks look to, to be down. Uh, financials were weak into the close yesterday. Uh, we even saw one of the smaller Canadian banks uh, reduce their dividend. I think you're going to see more of that because the earnings aren't there. Um, and, of course, we're seeing silver having a very big move here this morning. And uh, both the metals look like they want to get to new highs. Sets us up for an interesting week next. And next week, we'll have the next U.S. employment report to talk about, which they say could be uh, historically awful. So, gosh, what an interesting week yeah. ahead we have. Uh, with that, I wish you a good weekend, and uh, I'll look forward to talking to you next Friday. Okay, Craig. All the best. It's been fun. And from all of us at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again next Friday.